Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. course 
because it teaches you the fundamentals of rifle marksmanship, rifle safety, and then a great deal about the American heritage and history. All right, this evening we're going to be talking about the recent article by the Washington Post. <clears throat> we've got a uh, we've got a lot of uh, a lot of coverage uh, or a lot of uh, now we call it uh, secondary coverage from the article. We had a reporter who came to the shoot and uh, and covered the shoot and wrote an article about it. <clears throat> and the article, uh, you know, it uh, it was a uh, it was a good article for selling papers. I'm trying to. Uh, I'm trying to pull it up now, but but once again, uh, we are having uh, some computer technical uh, difficulties that maybe we've been working on the last 20 or 4 hours here. Uh, we had uh, a problem with one of the other computers on this system, and uh, we had to replace it. And when we did, we found out that the uh, wireless uh, hardware and software we were using is uh, uh, is now out of date, so we had to go and get some more for that and, uh, and put it in, and then uh, everything was going fine. About uh, 10 minutes, 15 minutes before the show started, uh, it kind of just dumped on us. So uh, the the wireless part is uh, is not working that good right now. <clears throat> So if you were uh, in the chat room asking any questions, I may not be able to see it. And uh, uh, if you're on the phone, just uh, be patient. And uh, the switchboard will, I'm sure, uh, refresh itself and work out its problems in its in its own good time. <clears throat> All right, well, let's get started speaking about this because this is something that has been coming for a while and that is uh, us getting noticed. What has happened the last few years, and I'm sure a lot of you have experienced this, uh, at gun shows or talking to ranges, et cetera, et cetera. <clears throat> when the Alpseed program first started, it's no different than, uh, than back when you were a kid and you got a guitar and you got some of your buddies together in your garage and you, you started a band. And after that, you told everybody, hey, we're in a band. I'm in a band. And uh, if you lived in some place like Austin, Texas, or uh, uh, or Seattle, or someplace like that, or L.A., <clears throat> being in a band means nothing. Everybody's in a band. Or it's uh, the same thing as uh, being in uh, L.A. and saying, hey, I I'm an actor. Well, of course you are. The gun community was looking at us in the same way. Hey, we're starting a, uh, a rifle marksmanship organization. Well, good for you, you and the the other uh, five or ten thousand folks who say they're going to do that. The difference is, is here five years later, we're still going, we're still growing, we're still staying with it. Uh, we're at the point where, in the, in the band analogy, where we, we've cut our first album. And 
that's where we are now. So you get a, uh, at least I get, a different reaction when I'm speaking to folks uh, about the program now. It's not that uh, blank stare. uh, It's not that uh, condescending, uh, sure you are, send me some information and uh, and I'll get back to you on it. Thanks. Now people will usually say, yeah, I've heard about that program and... uh, and go ahead and, uh, and and bring me up to speed on it. Fill me in, you know, because I've, I've been hearing quite a bit about it lately from different folks. So we're in a new stage. We're in a different stage. <clears throat> now, the recent uh, coverage by the Washington Post has brought us up to even a, uh, a greater uh, visibility. <clears throat> I'm sure that... Uh, uh, prior to that, you know, every once in a while I would do the uh, the Google searches on Appleseed and uh, see what they have there on there, and, uh, and it was pretty slim. You know, we were greatly eclipsed by uh, by some Japanese anime movie, and uh, that's where most of the replies would come back for when you were talking about Appleseed, and and then we started getting more and more. We started getting uh, uh, Google started picking up. A lot of the uh, the post from the Appleseed project. I mean, I remember the first few were uh, like the what to bring to a boot camp uh, stuff like that. <clears throat> and then uh, as the as the search bots did their uh, their work, and I would see them at time to time on the forum, you know, uh, crawling through the forum and, and garnering information. The presence on the internet became larger, and uh, but it was still pretty easy to uh, to see any new stuff on there. Say somebody uh, it's somewhere else at one of the other forums. Uh, I'm not going to point out any specific ones, but at one of the other forums uh, dealing with uh, rifles and stuff, if they said something about Appleseed, then bang, it was probably you know it was pretty quick to pick up. <coughs> but now. Uh, Things have really gone through the roof, and uh, you know I've been working on that for quite a while, trying to increase our visibility, uh, working with the search engines and stuff, etc. On uh, on the internet, trying to increase our visibility there. And uh, I think I've told you guys too before that we uh, that the Appleseed Project, the radio program, also has uh, a Twitter account that follows it, and. Uh, uh, and of course, I've asked you guys to uh, to help spread the word on Twitter by getting an account there, and then uh, uh, then clicking on the clicking on the follow on Appleseed Radio, so that we can kind of set up a, a interconnecting uh, program for spreading the word there on Twitter. Now, as soon as the Washington Post article came out, <clears throat> uh, I did a search there on Twitter. And it brought back page after page after page of folks who were referencing it in their Twitter uh, messages. Now, Twitter, of course, is one of the social networks. I think we've talked about this before, about Twitter, Facebook, etc. If you look at the bottom of the the radio uh, page uh, that I put on there, usually I put uh, books down at the bottom that uh, come from Amazon, so that you can uh, take a look at some of the books that they have. 
I put uh, several books there about the media and working with the media and how to get extra miles from the media. You can you can check those books out if you'd like. <clears throat> anyway, the the different uh, social media, uh, Twitter being one of those. Twitter has a uh, has the ability for you to update folks on what you're doing, etc. The people that I follow and the people that follow me on there, and by follow just means you're connected to their account, so that whenever that person uh, posts something, it comes into your account, you know, as a as a post. Uh, they don't use it as a social-type medium. They don't use it, uh, there's not the typical, uh, I'm feeding my dog, uh, I'm watching TV, uh, the none of the inane uh, posts like that. Uh, I don't see those on my Twitter account. What I see instead are hundreds and hundreds of folks who are combing through the internet, <clears throat> and they're uh, uh, they're gathering information uh, off, out of all the different sites, and then they're posting it to their Twitter account. Twitter gives you uh, the ability to put in uh, 140 characters, so you only get a couple of sentences. And usually the, uh, a typical Twitter post would be uh, Washington Post covers the Appleseed program, and then it gives, gives the URL address. And then you can click uh, on a live link in, your, in that post to take you to it. And, uh, and that's what people, the, the, the folks that I follow and that are following me on the Appleseed Radio Twitter account, that's what they do. They, they just go through the Internet. They find... Uh, all the different bits of information uh, that would be relevant to folks uh, who are uh, who are intent on securing and safeguarding the freedoms and liberties uh, that the nation provides us. They go through there and they find those bits of information, and then they post them there for other people. So it's really a good way of uh, of getting your daily dose of information uh, by going to your Twitter account and finding what people have just read and posted a link to for it. Well, they did that with the Washington Post coverage of the Appleseed. And I'm talking about uh, tons of folks who really don't, uh, who are not part of our Appleseed network. I'm just talking about uh, uh, about folks who uh, who are on Twitter. Uh, if you look anywhere on the uh, on the Internet, any of the search engines, you'll find that <clears throat> that has brought our exposure uh, up tremendously. Now, this is good, and it's bad too sometimes because <clears throat> it's good because we want to get the information out. We want to let people know that that we're here and this is what we're doing, and that uh, we have the absolutely best. Fundamentals of Rifle Marksmanship Program available in the United States today. Uh, the least expensive, uh, the best people in the nation. And then we talk about what the founders did for us. And we get people to come to the, uh, to, to the Appleseed events. Now, the downside of it is this, is any time you put yourself out in front of the media, <clears throat> Then, uh, then you become uh, a target of any of the media folks 
who want to uh, uh, who want to interpret you in whatever the way they feel best for them. <clears throat> now, I made a post on this, uh, I believe, in the last couple of days on one of the threads here on the Appleseed Forum at uh, uh, appleseedinfo.org. It's a homepage, and you can click on the forum on one of the links up above. Anyway, I made the post on there, and uh, there's a lot of things that we need to remember when we are uh, when we have more exposure. And I know this sounds strange because one of the things that we've been looking for for so long is a lot more exposure from the media. And the only problem is when you get it, a lot of times it's a double-edged sword. You have folks, uh, you have folks out there uh, in the media who simply cannot stand a program like the one that we have. They cannot stand uh, folks out there, any of the folks, any of the uh, the Tea Party folks, any of the uh, any of the folks who are uh, not doing what they think we should be doing, then you become a target of those folks, and you get to uh, you get to feel the wrath of them at times. <clears throat> this particular reporter, uh, I, I don't believe he had uh, any uh, any act to grind with the program. You know, I believe he'd gone through it already before, and uh, uh, I believe he had actually. Uh, Shot to rifleman standards. I believe that's correct. One of you guys can post on the on the chat, and if it comes back up, I'll see it. <clears throat> but uh, but still, uh, the coverage was not uh, you know it was not what we would have probably hoped for as the best coverage. Uh, if somebody wants to know about the apathy program, one of the best things you can do is ask, uh, say, the shoot boss. It's there. He's been with the program for a while. He's done a lot of shoots, and uh, he's familiar with the workings of the program. If you go to one of the attendees and ask them about it, then you might get a you might get a different uh, response. And, uh, and of course, everybody in the world uh, of all different ideas come to Appleseed events, and that's what we want. Uh, but uh, until they hear the Appleseed message, until they understand what the program is about, then they're not—they're uh, not going to be the best person to interview about what the about what our program is about. That being said, you know it's a done deal now, and uh, it's going to bring us up into a really new, uh, higher level of media exposure. <clears throat> I uh, was uh, googling the Appleseed project. Uh, well, I guess night before last, the first time I'd done it in quite a while. I haven't been home in a while, and uh, and saw that uh, when you put in Appleseed Project before, when I would put it in, you know there would be no uh, there would be no reference for it. So what I'm saying is, like, if you go into Google and you type in a certain thing that you're searching for on the page, then <clears throat> if there are a lot of frames of reference for it, then you'll get a drop-down menu, and the menu will give you uh, the different selections that you can ask for, uh, with, you know, uh, according to that subject you typed in. And before there would be none. And uh, now there was a long drop-down list underneath the Appleseed Project. Now, there are several Appleseed Projects out there. We're not the only one. There are several out there uh, because the concept is not a new one. 
the Appleseed Project is is not a brand new concept as far as uh, uh, as getting folks together uh, to do things. You know, you're we're asking folks to get together and uh, and work like Johnny Appleseed planting seeds across the nation uh, in order to uh, in order to bear fruit on the project uh, in the form of folks who are determined to safeguard the the freedoms and liberties that we have. So the Appleseed Project is not will not be a new name. You'll find some other things on there. But now the Appleseed Project has a nice, big, long drop-down menu under it uh, with, uh, uh, with sometimes millions of hits now uh, on a subject or uh, or at the very least uh, around uh, 200 or 300,000 uh, hits you know, per a subject. So we've actually uh, jumped now into a new sphere of uh, visibility. Because of that, uh, as I said, uh, anytime there's something new, uh, you know, you have the uh, the media is always searching for the next story, you know, the next uh, thing that they can report on. That we're edging up into that uh, into that area. We're edging up into the next story, <clears throat> and I'm sure you guys have seen uh, things that have happened to the uh, the Tea Party folks when they crossed over into into that new area. Uh, the Oath Keepers, any of the groups that uh, crossed over and hit high visibility where they started. Uh, where they started the making the making the news and papers on a regular basis, then they became the immediate targets of the uh, of the mainstream media. Now, with me telling you that the mainstream media is usually left of center, I know that I'm not telling you anything you don't know already. The mainstream media, uh, the majority of it, of it is uh, quite a bit left of center. And <clears throat> anything that smacks of, uh, of conservatism, of uh, patriotism, uh, anything that, uh, that sounds patriotic certainly seems to get uh, some rough treatment by the media. And uh, I don't think that I have to tell you that that it will be no different for us. So what does that mean to us? It just means that we're going to have to be on our toes. We're going to have to be very smart when it comes to uh, dealing with the media. Now, there... If the if the reporter wants to make you look bad, <clears throat> and they want to make you look silly, uh, moronic, etc., then uh, it's going to happen. You know they're going to do it, and uh, you're not going to have a whole lot of uh, say in the matter. Uh, we've had several cases uh, recently of folks, uh, you know, good uh, apple seed representatives who have. Uh, given interviews and uh, 
let's see, I was reading one, uh, rereading one the other day. I believe it was, I believe Coley did uh, a report uh, to a newspaper in Canada. Now, I was reading him talking about it afterwards, and he, he wasn't happy with what he said. And, and there was nothing he said that was bad. He did a great job. The reporter just decided to spruce it up some. You know, and make it more uh, interesting, more controversial, and uh, and that's what they will do. Uh, so you have to be careful. You have to uh, to pay attention. You have to be smart in uh, in the when you're speaking to the media. Uh, we're going to talk about that more on the forum, and uh, and we'll uh, in the coming weeks or uh, we'll. Uh, We'll post some guidelines and stuff up there about it because uh, it's a tricky thing. And I'm I'm still waiting for the chat here to to load up, and uh, it may not. So if it doesn't, guys, don't think that I'm not listening to you or that uh, I'm ignoring you. I'm not. And uh, and as soon as the switchboard comes back up, we'll take some callers. What I'm talking about is is just uh, the easiest thing to do is going to be to stay within the guidelines of the program. When a reporter is interviewing you or a uh, uh, or they're asking you questions about the program, if you if you stay within the boundaries within the guidelines of what the program does, what the program is, the program is a very simple program, very effective program. Then usually uh, you'll have uh, fewer problems than if you decide to interject some of your own personal opinions and, and personal views on it. Because that is where the, uh, that's what the reporters are really hoping folks will do, is is say something, something that can be uh, taken out of context and, uh, and plastered up as the, as the title of the interview. Uh, and it doesn't even have to be anything that... Uh, that you said that is actually dealing with the questions. Uh, it could be something that you uh, just mention uh, as uh, as part of your own personal opinions on on politics, on uh, uh, on Second Amendment rights, etc. Uh, anytime you stay, anytime you uh, start uh, interjecting your own personal opinions and ideas, then you're just making the reporter's mouths water. And you really there's really no great need for that because you know everyone has uh everyone has their own personal beliefs, their own personal opinions of how the nation should be run, what is right, what is wrong, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. And the great thing about our nation is that there is room for everybody. There's room for all of the opinions. And uh, and it is a good, healthy thing uh, to have a lot of differing opinions. I think I put that in uh, one of the posts that I put up on the, the long thread that we have about the Washington Post coverage, is that <clears throat> having a lot of differing views, uh, having divergent thinking is a good thing. We want that because uh, 
the more ideas that you have, the more thoughts uh, that are that is put out about it, the better you chance you have of solving, uh, of cr- finding a good solution uh, to the pro- to the problems you're faced with. And we want that in the Appleseed Project. But what we don't want is for folks to uh, to use an Appleseed event to speak about their own uh, personal beliefs, uh, their own personal opinions about the program. When you put the red hat on <clears throat> and you're an apple, at an Appleseed event, then you are representing Appleseed. So... What we need for you to do at that time is to uh, is to uh, refrain uh, from representing yourself and uh, and make a decision to stay within the the guidelines of the program and to uh, and to simply simply speak about the the program as it is written. Okay, I'm going to grab a caller here. If the uh, the board will let me do that. Area code 601, you're on the air? Okay, try it now. Area code 601-966, you're on the air? Uh Hello, Scout. Yes, sir. Who's this? Hi, this is Jim. Well, hey, Jim. Is there got any got any kind of a forum name or anything? Yeah, it's uh, Raven Two Two Seven. Okay. Um, well, welcome just, to the show, Jim. I appreciate it. It's a pleasure talking with you. Just sitting here listening and thinking. Uh, do we have any place on the forum where we can go that we have codified? what the Appleseed program is, and get that downloaded so that we can get that to our state coordinators and all of our red hats and orange hats like we do our manual for shooting. Yeah, here's what we have. We have uh, we have a couple of new manuals coming out. We have one that, uh, uh, that does rat and... Uh, and I believe TN Colonel helped work on this, and uh, uh, it is now just uh, going through the last bits of uh, of, uh, or, of being worked over in uh, steering, and it is a a manual on Appleseed and on dealing with the press. You know uh, how to speak to the press, how to conduct yourself, etc. And uh, and most of it is not going to be anything new to uh, any of you guys out there. Most of it's just common sense. But uh, it's a it will be a, a definitive uh, type answer to the questions that you're asking: who we are, what we do. Uh, uh, when you're at a uh, a uh, an interview, uh, what you say, uh, how you act, and once again, this isn't. Uh, uh, we're not going to teach you. We're not teaching you how to put on a complete act and how to be somebody you're not or how to say something that's not representing what the program is. It's mainly just a common sense kind of primer. It also tells you uh, 
uh, it gives you advice and suggestions on uh, how to deal with the reporters, how to uh, how to talk with them, how to how to understand that uh, that reporters have uh, different techniques of questioning, that they have uh, uh, ambushes, uh, you know, that they have surprises, etc., like that, and. Uh, and we're going to get this out just as soon as possible. I've been pushing for quite a while on this because, you know, in the beginning, when we were we were scratching at every door for uh, media exposure, and we've told folks all the time, we still tell them that uh, that each and every one of you guys is an uh, Appleseed ambassador. You're an Appleseed uh, promotions and public relations person, but. We just never sat down and told you what that means. Uh, in the same way that uh, when we tell folks the fourth safety rule, you know, a long time ago, we used to tell people that the fourth safety rule was, uh, 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 some people did this. I mean, there's never been a change, but we, the fourth safety rule was that uh, everyone is a safety officer. And that's right. That's true. But if they haven't been shooting for a while or if they're not familiar familiar with it, then they don't know what a safety officer's duties are. So I'm hoping that uh, the answers to the questions that you're asking that you will find in this manual. And uh, we're going to keep working on this pretty hard because, like I said, uh, we're, we're moving out of a near-Earth orbit into, uh, into the edges of the galaxy very quickly as far as uh, visibility is concerned. That's great. We love what we're doing, and uh, man, just keep up the good work. Appreciate you. Well, where are you at, Jim? I'm I run the uh, shooting ranges in Canton, Mississippi. Okay. Are you an instructor there? Yes, sir. Okay, great. Uh, what level? I just received my red hat on the April nineteenth sheet. Uh, well, congratulations, Jim. I remember reading about that now. Johnny, Johnny Appleseed came out and did the shooting. Boy, I tell you what, it's just just been exciting. Well, Johnny Appleseed is a good instructor. I, uh, I appreciate the work that he does. I've worked with him a couple of times, and I really appreciate him as an instructor. He's a very uh, he's very on top of things. He's a great uh, Type A Appleseed instructor, and uh, he does a great job. And congratulations to you because, like I said, I remember reading about that now about. Uh, you get in your hat there. Yeah, well, we kind of owe it all to Don D. Don is kind of the uh, Appleseed godfather down here. Uh, coming down. <laughs> well, you know, I, the reason I'm laughing is because I, I know Don D. And, uh, and as soon as you said the Appleseed godfather, I was trying to imagine him, you know, with the, the puffy cheeks and the and the making the offer you can't refuse. Uh uh, he, he kind of talks like that, but he's just about one of the nicest, most uh, soft-spoken, most uh, intelligent men that uh, that I know of. He's a great guy too. Oh yeah, yeah, we absolutely love him down here. He is uh, he is appleseed to us, so yeah, we cherish him. Well, you've got a good guy there. Well, anything else that you got, uh, Jim? Any word you want to put out on your events or anything? How they went? Well, you know, the April 19th shoot was just absolutely wonderful. Uh, the weather was perfect. Uh, the attendance was 
about where we figured it would be, about between 13 and 20. And uh, we've got, we're actually toying right now. We're we're in the processes of setting up uh, an instructor boot camp. We're looking at mid-July for that, or, or the end of July for it. And as soon as our ranges become available, we're going to actually, we're talking about hosting a rifleman's boot camp. I've got a 300-yard range that we're about to open up here pretty quickly. Okay. And just kind of excited about that and try to get some guys down range shooting at about 300 yards. How about uh, uh, promotional materials uh, for your region? Do you have do you guys have those? Do you have the uh, like the trifolds, the flyers and stuff? We don't have any of that yet. Our state coordinator, I'm sure, is working on that. He is uh, he's doing an absolutely wonderful job. Uh, of course, who, this is all. State, who's the state coordinator there? It's Don Fields. It's uh, determined four five one. Okay. Right. 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 And uh, just doing a great job. Of course, all of this is so, Appleseed is so new here in Mississippi that, you know, I've had, we've had uh, seven shoots out there at my range, and I think that's the, uh, we're the only places that actually have had them. We've got a couple new ranges opening up. Don has worked feverishly on getting those set up. We've got a shoot scheduled, I believe, in May down, down on the coast, actually. And as a matter of fact, Don B is going to go down there and shoot boss that one. Well, I know so, that Don is working on it because I, because I talked to him last week. He actually uh, uh, mailed me asking for some uh, for an electronic downloadable flyer for the radio show that he wants to put in his uh, promotions package. So I know that he's working on that. Well, listen, Jim, right. thank you very much for calling in. I'm not going to hang up on you. I'll just. Uh, I'm just turning your mic off, but you're welcome to continue listening on the phone if you'd like. Well, thank you. All right. God bless you, brother, and I'll see you on the trail someday. Roger that. Take care. All right. Uh, area code 712-249. You're on the air. Okay. I'll wait, uh, I'm waiting for the screen to refresh. You'll be on the air then. And listen, I, I'm looking here on the... Uh, the switchboard. I don't see Sam, Sam Deke, uh, as called in. Sam, if you'll call in and uh, help me out with the, the folks here, I'd appreciate that. Uh, if you're listening, like I said, I can't see the I can't see the chat screen either, so I don't know if you're in there or not. But if you are, if uh, you would call in and uh, and help me with the folks, I'd appreciate that. <clears throat> All right, uh, area code seven one two. Have you call? Have you refreshed yet? Okay, just bear me with, with me, folks. The uh, the the screen here is uh, the the internet is working in its typical blog talk fashion. Area code seven one two. You're on the air. Okay, you there? Area code seven one two, you're on the air. And area code five zero two, you're on the air. Hello. Yes, sir. Who am I talking to? Um, this is Don. I was actually just calling to listen. You startled me. 
Okay. This is Don from uh, uh, Mississippi? From Louisville. I mean, uh, from, okay, all right, all right. Louisville. I went through Appleseed back in the fall, so I've been preaching it long and hard. Okay. All right. Well, what have you got? Uh, what have you got for this e- this evening? Actually, I'm just a listener, <laughs> so you can go on to another caller. Hate to be anticlimactic. Uh, that's all right. All right. Thank you, though. All right. You're welcome. Okay. Area code eight one two. You're on the air. Area code eight one two. Like I said, folks, we're going to have to bear with the uh, bear with me on the the switchboard and uh, the blog talk radio. You know, we got the uh, we got the improved package, and I don't know since I'm only do this once a week. Uh, I don't know that uh, if everybody experiences this, or if this is a uh, if it's something unique to me living out in the middle of the woods and uh, depending on uh, the the satellite network, uh, I don't know how this goes. I know that I'm going to talk to uh, one of the uh, the other podcasting networks and see if they won't also carry the show uh, in a podcasting uh, on one of the podcasting networks. All right, area code 812, you're on the air. All right, can you hear me? I'll try to get off the phone here. All right, thank you, sir. All right, thanks, Joe. All right. All right, uh, the, uh... Area code 931, you're on the air? Yes, who's this? Uh, This is Tennessee Colonel in Middle Tennessee Colonel. Uh, Well, hey, how are you doing? I'm glad you called in because I was just uh, talking about the work that uh, you and uh, and Tom had done for the uh, uh, the press manual. Uh, Tom and, did uh, most of it. I, I I provided a little bit of input to it, but uh, he put the bulk of that in. All right. Well, I, well, I know that you have a good amount of experience in this, and uh, if you wouldn't mind. Uh, uh, speaking to the folks that are listening uh, about uh, uh, just some of the basics of uh, if you were at a an Appleseed event and uh, somebody comes walking up and they says, hey, I'm so-and-so, I'm a reporter with the XYZ Network, and we'd like to ask you a few questions. Uh, if you could kind of give them a, just a basic uh, rundown of the uh, of the do's and don'ts in a situation like that. Sure. The, the first thing, remember, whenever you're talking to a reporter, <clears throat> there's, there's really no such thing as off the record. Uh, the second thing, and I think you covered this earlier, be concise in what you say, be thinking about it before you say it, uh, and recognize that anything you say can be edited. Uh, I've had that happen to me many times by major network folks. Uh, you learn by doing that, unfortunately, sometimes. Hey, Colonel? Uh, What's, yes. the, what's the first three of your phone number? Uh, nine, uh, Erica? Uh-huh. Uh, 931. Okay. I, I just wanted to make sure I wasn't closing your mic. I closed, I mean, I'd opened some other mics, and they didn't appear to be working, so I don't, didn't uh, want to close yours. Too. All right, so go ahead. You said the first thing is, and I did mention this to other folks before, is that uh, no matter how much 
the reporter smiles at you or compliments you or tells you how much he appreciates what you're doing or how pretty your rifle is, etc., etc. The reporter is not your friend. I don't care if you grew up with him in school. He's not your friend. He is a reporter, first and foremost, out to get a story. Absolutely, and unfortunately, uh, uh, what, what they consider to be stories are things that are uh, uh, controversial. Uh, so they're going to look for those off <coughs> statements that are a little off, or maybe anti-government, or uh, something like that, like the, the piece in the Washington Post. Uh, overall, a good piece, but you know the little stuff that happened around the campfire. Uh, kind of put some negative spin on it. Could. And it right. It could have been a lot worse. But you know, overall, I think that was not a bad piece. It's just unfortunate that, you know, the hair got let down and people started just just chatting and forgetting that you had a reporter sitting there chatting with them. Right. And that's what people – and that's what they normally do because they're actually – they're no longer at the apple seed. Uh, right. I mean, technically. They're sitting around the campfire as individuals. And they have a perfect right to uh, to speak their minds in. The only problem is, is that in the reporter's mind and in his report, that's going to still be the apple seed for him. Right. And uh, uh, that's unfortunate, but they're going to look for those little things. Uh, I mean, we've we've got to get out and work with the press to get help get publicity for the program. I'm in a rural area in Middle Tennessee. Our local press, you know, there's, there's two papers. One is uh, is uh, pretty friendly. The others kind of lean the other way, like national press. But some of the local radio stations are very friendly too. But even there, uh, there's a couple things. You, you go and prepare with your messages, two or three points at most. Uh, even write them down on a card or uh, pull a Sarah Palin and put them on your hand. Um but the and other that, that's is, very that's a very important that's a very important point that you brought out because here's the thing unless you're a professional speaker unless you uh, have a background in this or that you're a a hardcore on track person if you don't stick to your points then you start wandering off uh, into unknown areas and the minute you do that there's a good chance for you to uh, to say something that is not uh, that's not what you meant to say, uh, and you hear people all the time say that when they're talking, they'll say, "Wait a minute, that's not what I meant to say. What I meant to say was this." And the, the best thing to do to keep that from happening is, like you said, have a uh, have a little three by five there that that lists the things that you want to get across, and then and as and as the colonel just said, you you make them short. We live in a world of sound bites today. If you say something uh, after about the the 15th, 20th, 30th word, uh, the rest of it is going to get thrown in the trash, and they're just going to take that bite out of the beginning. So make sure that you're getting your point across clearly and concisely. Absolutely. And one of the things there is, uh, say, again, say it very concisely. Now, a lot of reporters will look at you after you've said something very concisely and just stare at you, what we call a pregnant pause. And they're just going to keep looking at you. And it'll feel like minutes have gone by. Usually it's just a few seconds. But what they're hoping is you will say something else. You just feel because he's just looking at you or she's just looking at you, you've got to say something else. If you get the message you want across, don't say anything else. 
unless you're answering a different question. Uh, right, exactly. And and I'll tell you that a lot of new instructors, uh, if you guys are wondering what he's talking about, <clears throat> whenever you guys, when the new instructors are there on the line and you're giving a uh, your new instruction and stuff like that, I always tell the instructors, I say, look, whenever you, when you've made your point, if you're doing the steady hold factors, you just talk about the steady hold factors. You don't talk about the wrong way to do it or what will happen if you do it this way or what happens this way. I said, when you talk about the steady hold factors, that's all you talk about. And when you get through talking about it <clears throat> and they do that same thing, they'll look at the attendees and they've stopped, and then they think, maybe I didn't say enough. Maybe I should say some more about it. And uh, and that is right where they are going to get you because then you're going to be trying to make stuff up uh, to fill in the gap, to fill in the dead air. And uh, and who knows what you'll make up because I've made up some pretty strange stuff uh, in my early days of instruction. Uh, just like the colonel said, whenever you get when you have answered the question clearly and concisely and uh, they're giving you the stare, they're giving you the, the pregnant pause, you just politely look back at them and smile. Uh, I guess you can say I, what I've done before. I've just said, uh, did you have any other questions or, uh, you know, ask them. Uh, it, I think that even in your manual, I think you also put in there, too, that it's okay for you to ask the reporter questions. You don't have to just sit there and uh, and respond to them. You can ask them questions. Have they been to an apple seed? Uh, you know, something like that. And those are good things to do. It's, uh, it's interesting. When I used to train uh, general officers and senior executives and media, uh, every one of them would fall for that. You, you just give that pregnant pause, and they'd, they'd look at you, and they just felt they had to say something. And uh, uh, I wish we had a way of doing a, uh, a media training session for all shoot bosses and stuff like that. Uh, but the the key thing is stay on message, be concise, uh, don't wander off into things beyond the topic being discussed. Uh, that's easy to do. But uh, uh, like like I said, the reporter is always a reporter. There's no such thing as, as off the record. No, there's not. And uh, and just like you said earlier, the the Apple Heat program uh, at its core is a very very simple program. And because it's simple, it is extremely effective. Because what we're doing is a very simple thing. All we're doing is getting folks up off the couch and getting them involved, first of all, in, uh, in setting a goal for themselves, which is to become a better uh, marksman, to become more uh, skillful in their techniques for rifle marksmanship. We set them that goal, and then they accomplish that at the uh, Appleseed event. Now, when they do that, that automatically inside them, mentally and physically, flicks on a switch. And when that switch gets flicked on, then they become more open uh, to more things, and they're ready to set themselves higher goals. And we tell them the story about uh, the men and women of April 19, 1775, what they did. Uh, we honor them, and we tell the folks that those people were not from some alien planet. They were not, uh, they were not some heroes that you can never be. They were just like you. You can be just like them. You can be a hero. And a hero doesn't have to scale Mount Everest. A hero doesn't uh, have to uh, to be at the head of a charge, uh, turning the tide of victory. A hero just has to do their duty uh, to the nation. 
And so we're flicking that switch on in folks and getting them involved. It's a very simple and effective program. And because of that, there's going to have to be other things made up to make it more interesting. You know, like you were talking about earlier, a reporter, their job is not – their job is not to promote Appleseed. When they come to an event and they want to do an interview, it's not because they want to promote the program. Now, there may be some folks that do that. We'll, we'll get those occasionally probably, but they are coming there for a story, and they're determined to leave with one. And any time that uh, you stray uh, from the simple and effective guidelines of the program, and you're giving them their opportunity to capitalize on that and make a story. Uh, we call it a so, news hook or a news peg, and uh, it may be totally different than what you hoped it would be when they came. Uh, and that doesn't mean we shouldn't work with the press. It's uh, it's kind of amazing. Bob, you know, I'm an older guy, uh, retired Air Force officer, and retired from a second job in, in public relations. But uh, when I went through journalism school, we were all taught ethics and you know, show both sides of the story. Unfortunately. Uh, there's not that many press that do that anymore. No, but, because uh, I was watching a show about that the other day, about, uh, <clears throat> I believe it was called uh, Pollywood, uh, a documentary. And uh, <clears throat> and what they were talking about was how uh, television had revolutionized uh, politics and how the news, uh, the news had gone from, and this was in the, uh, I guess in the 50s or so is when this started mainly occurring, but the news had gone from presenting the story without embellishing it. Uh, I'm sure that there, there's no way anyone can tell a story without adding whatever they, they feel the need to be added to it. But it was relatively light then because the ethics then was that you present the story as it occurred, without embellishing, without adding your personal opinions or views on it. But once they found out that the news could sell advertising, it was a whole different ball game. Once the, the, the news hour became the news plus advertisement hour, it changed things. That meant that you had to have uh, the hottest story, the most controversial story. And that's what the news has become today. Uh, the news is not there, the reporters are not there usually to promote the Appleseed program. They're there to sell advertising. And the more controversial, uh, the more uh, uh, exciting the story, then you get the more listeners or readers you get. The more listeners or readers you get, the higher the price you can charge for advertising. Yeah, the, uh, uh, back, uh, back in the day, if you will, anything that had personal comment or personal opinion we called an editorial. Uh, now probably 85 percent of the news, if you were to grade it, is editorial by that standard. The other thing is, unfortunately, some of the journalism schools, uh, probably starting in I would say the maybe late 70s, uh, started teaching that advocacy journalism was kind of the way to go, and that is, you take a position, i.e., an editorial position, and you work it into your stories and you promote it with your stories. So we have, we, you know, we have to get our message out there. We're going to take a few lumps here and there, but we need to, uh, uh, you know, learn as we do it. And the other thing, obviously, if we take a bad lump, uh, management, if you will, within the Appleseed program needs to know about it so we can be prepared to respond if that thing uh, tends to mushroom out from a local uh, 
press to a regional or, or national press. Uh, so I would hope that uh, we report in the really good coverage. We want to know about that. You know, get it up on the forum, get links to it, and uh, we let you know some of the senior folks, Fred or whoever, uh, or Scott, myself, know that oops, we got some bad press here, and and here's here's a link to it, or here's what happened, so we can all learn from it, and we can be prepared to ca- try and counter it before it gets too big. Right, and in the, in the coming uh, oh, in the next few weeks or so, uh, we're going to be working on this with you guys in the forum. And let me say now that we're not trying to uh, we're not going to try and shut down anybody or anything, but what we'd like to do is because it. Because the program is getting bigger, because uh, well, because we're going to get more exposure now, is we would like for you guys, whenever you uh, – and, uh, Sam, I'm going to bring you on in just a minute so you can turn the chainsaw off. Uh, okay. Uh, what we'd like for you guys to do is <clears throat> when you get a request for an interview, uh, be sure and let, uh, let the staff know uh, that uh, who the interview is with and uh, just the particulars of the interview. Uh, let us know before it's coming up so that uh, we can have a heads up on it. And I'll put a post on the uh, on the forum, and we'll get a we'll get a board set up for it pretty soon, uh, so that we can handle the public relations and promotions, and uh, make sure that we have a heads up for uh, interviews that are coming up, reports that are coming up. Uh, not. Uh, not for anything other than uh, we just want to we just we need to start paying attention when these things are coming up and also if you guys could uh uh I hate to ask anybody to spend more time on the internet because uh after 30 minutes or so on the internet at night I'm ready to pull my hair out uh, especially if it's uh if it's reading uh stuff about the apple seed program from people who've never been to a an apple seed uh, but if uh, if you guys could uh, start paying attention uh, on the program to, uh, I mean, on the, not on the program, on the internet, if you could start paying attention on the internet to uh, to the reports uh, that are being made or just, just stuff that's being said, so that we can uh, so we can understand what's going on. Now, I'm not asking you guys to become uh, uh, what was a website set up by the government by the you know the, oh, the government yeah. reporters things, but uh, but we would just like to know what's being said out there about the the program, so that uh, if there's any problems, uh, we can fix it. If somebody's making a complaint about something and we didn't hear about it because they didn't come to us, they just put it on some other forum, which is what they do a lot of times. Folks will have some type of a problem at at Appleseed, and sometimes it could be a very minor one, but they won't let us know that it happened. Uh, they'll just go to another forum. And start saying, uh, oh, I really had a problem, and they really didn't nobody would help me. The thing is, nobody knew none, in, until somebody would say anything. Uh, Colonel, I'm going to bring Sam D on with us. I think you know old Sam, don't you? Uh, I think we've we've corresponded before. Yeah. The uh, <laughs> the other thing too is, uh, you know, for anybody out there, if you're if you've got a request for an interview or you got one set up and and you want to talk with someone a little before you do it, feel free to contact me on the forum or scout or you know or folks uh, i'm tn colonel on the forum and uh, yeah I, I check that every morning and every evening and sometimes during the day let me go a little bit further than that let's let's say that if you're getting ready to do a uh 
an interview or if you're getting ready to uh, uh, to speak to a reporter, why don't you why don't you go ahead and make sure that you uh, that you talk to uh, either uh, actually just go ahead and, and send a message to both myself and the colonel and you can include Sam D and even Fred if you'd like. Fred always likes to hear about the the upcoming interviews and stuff. Just let us know beforehand and. Uh, and we'll talk to you about it. And like I said, we're not going to. Nobody's going to. We're not going to put words in your mouth or anything else. And I'm not. I don't want anybody who's listening to think that that's what the the purpose of uh, of us talking to the folks is. We're not going to try and uh, uh, and uh, and sit behind you with our hands behind your lips moving them. Uh, but we would like to speak to the folks, especially if you haven't done one before or if you. Uh, uh, if you're wondering what to say or how, you know what uh, what the reporters might ask you, etc., uh, go ahead and give us a uh, send us a message and let us know that you got one upcoming so that we can uh, we can give you a hand with it. Sam, welcome to the program. Hi, Scott. Hi, Colonel. How you doing? Good. How are you today? Fantastic. Now, Sam, you uh, you're also uh, a veteran of uh, not just a veteran. You're a veteran, of course, but you're also a veteran of uh, of plenty of uh, radio uh, and media interviews. Uh, what's your take uh, on this, as far as uh, what you would tell a uh, one of the Appleseed folks uh, who's had a request for an interview, and uh, and the reporter walks up and sticks a microphone in their face? Uh, what is your message to them? Only talk about Appleseed. Only talk about what you know to be a fact. Don't try to hide anything. Just tell them the truth of what we are and what we do. You really can't get into trouble that way. Uh, and uh, I know I've heard folks before say that <clears throat> that they were a bit confused about the apple seed, uh, about the about the program <laughs> or about what the. Uh, what the program intends to do or stuff, and and we have it up about everywhere, but but it's not uh, it's not uncommon for folks to still have that question about if somebody asks you what the Alpsi program is, uh, how do you best explain it? And uh, and we'll be glad. Uh, matter of fact, like I was telling uh, the folks earlier, that's all coming uh, whenever we. Whenever we post the or get the new board set up, the public relations and promo and media board, uh, and it, it's very simple. You know, the Appleseed program is a program devoted to teaching folks the fundamentals uh, of rifle marksmanship and safety, and at the same time, uh, teaching them, telling them about the history uh, of Americans, about what it means to be an American, about the the men and women who stood together on April 19, 1775, uh, at Lexington, the North Bridge and Concord, and along Battle Road. Uh, and it's a very simple program. And because of that, folks a lot of times think, well, there's got to be more to it than that. And and there's not. I mean, uh, there's not more to the explanation of what we do. That's what we do. Uh, there really isn't, and if folks will just stick with that, they'll have a minimum of trouble. And one thing that I found that helps if you're at a shoot, 
and somebody comes up and, and they ask you and you tell them and they want more, you get that pregnant pause, lead them over to a, one of the shooters and have them ask them what they think about it. Because they'll tell them, well, this is what I think. I'm enjoying myself. I'm having fun. I put the last reporter on a 10-year-old boy out there. And uh, we both did real good. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. As long as you're not telling them to uh, to get the to get the uh, the attendee to explain what the Alpsy program is, because we've had that happen before. And, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like I said, with the the Washington Post guy, uh, I, I don't feel there was any malicious uh, intent there. I think he just, uh, uh, I think it uh, he was. He was just kind of asking the wrong people about what the program is. Now, if he would have said, uh, why did you come you know, to the program or what do you hope to get out of it, that's a different thing. But if you ask somebody what the program is and they haven't oh, been yeah. through it, then, uh, then you're going to get a lot of varying answers from folks. Uh, you know, especially first, first or second time uh, attendees. Right. And new instructors. You've yeah. got new instructors who are uh, – who are great folks at uh, teaching the six steps, uh, how to build a stable shooting position, how to determine your natural point of aim and shift it onto the target. But being new instructors, uh, there's there's other areas that, that are a little bit harder for them, maybe telling the story. Maybe they don't have their story down good uh, as far as the three strikes of the match. And then also uh, putting them on the spot to get them to to tell a reporter what the uh, what the program is about, uh, and I'm not saying that they don't know. I'm just saying sometimes the new guys have a hard time on spitting it out. There's a sort of a, a point in your growth as an instructor where you start to really feel what's going on much more than what you've been taught, and at that point, you're in a better position to explain the program. But too often, uh, if you have a, a less experienced instructor who's talking about it, uh, he tries to teach the program to the guy, and that's not necessarily the story that you want to put there. Right, and there's two different there's two different questions that you could be asked, and that they sound the same, and that uh, and that you're going to get difference out of is what is what is the program about, and then what is the program about to you, or what does the program mean to you? And uh, and those are not always the exact same things. And uh, what we'd like folks to do is make sure that they, when they are explaining the program, they're just talking about what the program uh, is about. And uh, because, as I said, it's a simple program. It's easily explainable. Now, the answer to what happens to folks at apple seeds and what they do afterwards that that's a much more complex answer because that's a uh, much more complex reaction in folks is uh, is making uh, or how to explain how a person comes to an apple seed event and they go through the uh, the teachings of the skills and instruction on how to become a better rifle marksman and how that while they're listening to the story of the men and women of April 19, 1775, how that opens up uh, a new area in their heart. It opens up a, a new line of thought. Uh, I, 
wrote a post earlier, but I didn't post it, <clears throat> about uh, almost all, every instructor, almost every shoot boss I've talked to has a similar story uh, for folks who come to the event. And what I'm talking about is you'll have a, a, a person who comes to the, to the uh, Appleseed event on the weekend, and from talking to them, you'll realize that uh, they may not be the, the, what you would consider like a typical apple cedar and there's no such thing as a typical one but people have preconceived notions of them let's say and i'm I, i'm going to say a word that i don't like to use and that is uh, liberal because uh there there's no real set definition for that everybody has a different idea on what it is but <laughs> but say you have a uh, i've had several cases of where if somebody has come and they've had different opinions like they they were there to shoot but they weren't really sure that there should be gun ownership, private gun ownership, or there should be uh, the different freedoms and liberties that we have. And yet, by the end of the event, by Sunday, they start asking you these very pointed questions about, uh, about the stuff that you've been teaching, not about your personal politics or personal views, but about the stuff you've been teaching. And then they start telling you that they have a very different outlook on it now, on, on, on the ownership and the use of firearms, or about what they, they have a different outlook on what they consider to be uh, freedoms and liberties. And what I'm trying to say is we have to have those people. The America is filled with uh, several hundred million people. And out of all those millions of people, there's really only a few, uh, a very small few, that are as determined and as uh, uh, as the typical apple seed red hat shoot boss instructor. A lot of the rest of the folks uh, have been unlucky enough to have grown up into in an environment. Uh, where they were not exposed to a lot of stuff, or you have, or they have different views and opinions uh, about the way the nation is run. I guess what I'm trying to say is that the Appleseed program is not a program that is limited to quote conservatives. It's not limited to to white male conservatives. The Appleseed program is for everybody in the nation. We want to preserve everyone's rights. Everyone. Every single person in the United States, we want to preserve their rights, which means we need the help of every person in the United States. We need the help of the, uh, of the Democrats, of the liberals, of the progressives, of everyone, because the, the rights, the freedoms, the liberties that are at stake are the same that, that say, the, quote, conservatives are worried about losing, those are the same rights and freedoms and liberties that the rest of the folks will lose at the same time that we lose ours. Uh, I've been on plenty of, uh, I've had plenty of shoots where there were Democrats and liberals uh, and progressives who were just as determined to safeguard their liberties, their freedoms, as anybody else there at the event. So the minute you start talking about things 
uh, and you start uh, uh, spouting your own personal views uh, about uh, that is uh, denigrating some other person, party, etc., you start shaving off millions of those people that we're going to need to help us get this job done. That's absolutely true, and I've had several people like that at our seven shoots here in Middle Tennessee already. That uh, no, that, the folks that walk in that that are on the liberal persuasion, by the time the weekend's over, they're they're asking those kind of questions. The other thing we need to do is make alliances. It's not just the press, but uh, I got the local chapter of the Sons of the American Revolution to come to our last event on April 17th and 18th, and. Uh, uh, they had their quarterly meeting. Some of them came out. One of them came out in colonial uniform. And uh, several of them are going to come back and shoot in the next one. You know, I've been telling folks about this for years now, is that, <clears throat> just as you said, we have to make alliances. You know, when there is uh, when there's one bee buzzing around your head, you can reach up there and you can smack it down. It's easy to take care of that problem. Now, when there's 30 and 40 bees, that's when you take off running and you try and get in the house and get under the covers. Uh, <laughs> when we're alone, when the apple seed program is alone, we're an easy target. We can be stepped on underfoot uh, without really much grief at all. I'm telling you, we're, right now we're, we're, we're nobody. And the only way to fix that is to make sure that you make alliances and I've been telling you guys about the sons and daughters of the American Revolution for years now. They are ripe for the picking. Uh, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean that our missions are so close together that uh, I-, I can almost guarantee you that if you call up your local chapter and say, <clears throat> I- I'm with the Appleseed Rifle, Appleseed Rifle Marksmanship Program, and uh, I would like to come and speak uh, at your next meeting, I can almost guarantee you that they're going to say, "We'd love to have you." Now they may not; their next meeting might be too soon. They are made have a speaker already, but they will let you come and speak at their meeting, guaranteed. And they will be very happy to have you. We'll I've, have to I've make alliances, to... and we'll have to reach out to all of our brothers and sisters uh, across party lines. You know, there's. There's a lot of grief that has been generated between, say, Republicans and Democrats. And, of course, that's, I think the majority of that has been on purpose, to keep us uh, at each other's throats instead of uh, making sure, monitoring our representatives and making sure that they're doing what we ask them to do. Much better to have us throwing rocks at each other than watching what the uh, the guys are doing when they're flying around on their golf junkets. So... The party, the Democrat Party, used to be an absolutely wonderful party. Uh, the Republican Party was really great. They've degenerated into something else, I believe, but uh, but the folks are still there. Uh, just because a person has Democrat in front of their name doesn't mean that they're not an excellent candidate for the Appleseed Project. And I'm telling you right now, we have to have them. We have to have these folks, which means... Uh, like I said earlier, like uh, Colonel said, and like Sam was saying, that we can't we can't get out there and talk about these folks in a disparaging way 
because when we do, you're automatically going to be cutting yourself off uh, from millions of potential allies, millions of potential helpers with the program. It's just like when we were in the service. I didn't take that service oath and go out there to uh, to defend the Republican nation or the Democrat nation or, or the Libertarian nation. Everybody in the United States is entitled to that protection and that freedom. I had a lady came to our shoot down in Roswell. Uh, she's a, what I call a perennial candidate. She's very much into her Democratic Party ideals, and, and she runs for every office that they'll put her up for. <laughs> and uh, But you know what? She was the first person to sign up for my shoot this weekend. The first one. Because I made a point. Appleseed is not about parties. It's about people. It's about people working together as a community to make their country better. And liberty is for everybody. That's right. It's and for everybody. It is for everybody. And that will bring up another point that uh, I believe the colonel was trying to make it a few minutes ago was uh, is that it is for everybody and that uh, I've had uh, – it's very spotty, but uh, we'll get uh, folks like – I said just at the recent shoot in Fredericksburg, I had a uh, – a fellow come up to me who was a uh, a Mexican American, and he said, uh, "I don't see a whole lot of brown faces here." And uh, I said, "You know," I said, "You don't," and that's a shame. I said because the rights, the freedoms, the liberties we're trying to preserve are not just ours. I said they're you and your uh, you and your brothers and sisters' rights too. He said, "I know." I said, so you know what your job is right now? You're going to go and you're going to recruit uh, folks to come to it. A lot of people hear about uh, uh, rifle marksmanship and uh, American heritage and freedom and liberty, and they immediately think uh, right-wing white males, no folks of other colors allowed, and the Appleseed Program is about as far from that as you can get. Uh, I've had uh, I've had folks of all colors, all nationalities. Every single one of them uh, got a fair shake at Appleseed. I had the guy at uh, a College Station, a guy there who said almost the exact same words to me uh, as the uh, the guy at Fredericksburg. This was a uh, 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 one of the black shooters, and he said, uh, I don't see a whole lot of black faces here. And uh, I said, that's not from one of trying. I said, I, I told him, I said, whenever whenever the folks you see standing around here, I said, when they lose their rights, guess what? You lose your rights, too. You're not going to get any special compensation because of a party line ticket or a color or anything else. Whenever the watermelon vine dies or the tomato vine dies, Every tomato on the vine dies with it. Well, I consider myself very fortunate out here. I actually have a, 
uh, one black IIT. I think he's probably the only one in the country. And he is probably the most vigorous proponent that I have. And he's a college student. And he's a dyed-in-the-wool liberal. And I love to have him at my shoots. He's an excellent instructor, and he believes in what we're doing. And I want more of him. Well, we and, need uh, <laughs> we need more folks. That should be uh, that should be one of the things that we're really that we're really focusing on. And I'm not talking about uh, uh, what is the what is the programs, the government programs uh, to hire you for your race, not for your skills. Affirmative action. Affirmative action. I'm not talking about doing it for affirmative action uh, because we want to uh, to see in a photograph more diversity at Appleseed. I'm talking about the real deal, which is is making folks understand that uh, that everybody's rights are at stake. And I think that we really need to make an effort uh, to reach out across party lines, race lines, gender lines, etc., to make sure that we're making connection with these folks. You know, liberty's for everyone. And we need to have everybody involved. And uh, that that's something that, that we need to make an issue of with the media, too, because liberty's an everybody deal. And it doesn't matter who gets cut out. If one person falls off to the side and we let them go, everybody hurts. Right. We've got to look out for everybody's rights. Sam, uh, I listened to an interview you did with uh, uh, with Alex Jones uh, a while back. Uh, I listened to it uh, uh, right after you did it, and uh, you did a great job on the interview. And uh, actually, uh, Alex was uh, he was a lot less. Uh, uh, he was a lot less confrontational. Pushy. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's pushy and confrontational than what I had expected him to be. I was expecting him to uh, to get you to, to sign an affidavit right there that you're going to help, uh, you know, uh, overthrow uh, the government or something. And uh, and he actually didn't do that. And, you know, you got your point across. You stayed on track without going down any of the rabbit holes that were offered to you. And uh, and I think that that, uh, that was a good example of that, because when you're talking to folks, now there may be folks instead of just, uh, say, the left of center folks, there may be folks that uh, who are the exact opposite. I mean, the the folks who are going to try and get you to uh, to talk about uh, about things that, are, that may be very near and dear to your heart, things that you may want to talk about uh, <laughs> and express your opinions on it, because they're not going to be trying to get you uh, to say something that uh, to trip you up or to make you look moronic, they're just going to get you to try to agree with them uh, as far as their views. And you have to resist the temptation or the uh, or making the mistake of doing that. If uh, if somebody is uh, telling you about uh, how the government is doing such and such and and it's wrong and uh, you wish there was somebody that would stand up to them, uh, you're going to have to resist the the urges and the temptation <laughs> as much as you might like to, to say, yeah, you're right, you're right. Uh, you're going to have to stick to the uh, to the guidelines of the program. 
it, it's an easy hole to fall into because we all have strong feelings about things. And, and if somebody hits your button, it's real easy to just drop right into that, that, that muck and, and stir up something that has absolutely nothing to do with this program. And you have to resist that temptation. You have to be on the lookout for it. Uh, How would you tell folks, uh, now I know that the answer is going to be real close to the same, but how would you, what would you tell folks uh, the advice of, if they do get into an interview situation where where the reporter is, uh, say, from instead of a a left of center message to a a right or far right of center message, uh, what is the best way uh, to keep yourself on the straight and narrow there? I think some of the words that we've, we've been using here, uh, which I made note of, liberties for everyone, everybody's rights are at stake. But the key thing is that this is a program for Americans. We don't we don't take a political view. We just want to expose people to their heritage, what happened that led to the formation of this country, and encourage people to be involved, whether they're Democrat, Republican, Libertarian, uh, Independent, be involved. And... Uh, uh, you know, liberty, as as has been said, uh, you know, I think uh, uh, Franklin said, you know, what, what kind of, you know, when they asked what kind of government uh, the Constitution had given us, and said, "I've given you, we've given you a republic if you can keep it." And, right. Uh, we need to all be more involved, uh, uh, whether it's at the local level, uh, whether it's uh, either party. I mean, I've had. Uh, I had one lady show up that I never would have expected to show up uh, with a friend of hers who had a couple of rifles. The lady was a widow. And they just showed up with a trunk full of rifles and ammo and said, we don't even know which ones to shoot, but we want to shoot this. <laughs> and uh, they had a blast. And I never would have expected this lady to show up. Um, the other thing, you can get in the same trouble, smaller scale, in talking to groups. But I've been out and talked to Kiwanis, Rotary, uh, Lions Clubs, and actually got several people to our shoots from those things. Some of them are going to ask you questions, just like the reporters will. And again, you need to say, "Hey, we're you know, we are not left or right. We're in we're in the middle. We want we want people to be aware of their heritage uh, and encourage them to be active. But we don't tell you what to be active." Right. And like you said, there you can get in trouble uh, very easily. Speaking to groups because the uh, because you'll you may think there uh, that you are uh, that you're protected that you're in the safety of the group and that what you say will be protected by uh, the fact that everybody in the group there uh, may agree with you and uh, that is that that supposition is never to be made because you never know who is in the group. You never know who's there, and and the actual uh, and regardless of that is uh, there's no need for you to be saying anything at any time. It doesn't matter what group you're talking to. I don't care if you're talking to uh, uh, a group of red hats by the campfire. Uh, you still need to make sure that whenever you're whenever you have that red hat on, that you are a representative of the Appleseed program, that uh, you're representing the program. If you're wearing that red hat and that shooting jacket, then you're an Appleseed 
representative. And the things that you are saying should be the things that will bring uh, honor and uh, uh, and goodwill toward the program. Uh, nobody's going to tell you what to say or what not to say uh, when you're not under the hat, uh, when you're not representing the apple seed. Your own private life, your own uh, freedom of speech is your own. But when you put the hat on, when you put the jacket on, you're an apple seed representative. And you need to make sure that that's how you're conducting yourself. Let me say something else about that, Scott, real quick. Some of us uh, are kind of open and notorious in our support of apple seed. And you're representing the organization even when you ain't got your hat on. Everybody in this town knows I got something to do with Appleseed, whether they like it or not. <laughs> and just like when just like when I was in the service, uh whatever you say gets taken as what your organization is saying. That's right. So you have that's, to be very careful. Right. You're on display all the time, twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. The minute you talk to a, a newspaper guy or a radio guy, you just cease to have a private life. So you need to be wearing your uniform 24-7 and behaving time. like it 24-7. That's right, all the time. Now, I had uh, I was reading some of the, uh, the, the posts on the thread, uh, last night and today, and I made a post on the thread, on the Washington Post thread, and had one of the instructors, <clears throat> uh, and I'm not, gonna, I'm not even going to point it out because I'm not wanna, I don't want to seem like I'm referring to anybody, but I'll say this, that sometimes instructors feel that, <clears throat> that they should be able to say whatever they want to say and, uh, and that they have that right because uh, you know that's part of their freedom, and that they shouldn't be stifled in what they say. <clears throat> and uh, I don't want to stifle anybody, but at the same time, what you have to realize is this: is that whenever you make a statement to the media or the press, uh, in you're under the hat, that what you're saying is now the uh, is now the viewpoint, is now the opinion of everyone at Appleseed. And uh, uh, this particular uh, poster, uh, what I wanted to ask him was that uh, uh, if what he was saying was true, if he thought that was true, then uh, how would he feel if the Appleseed instructor in the next town uh, said something uh, disparaging, or said, made some racial remark, or or said something that was completely out of out of line with the program. Well, if he was wearing a red hat when he said it, then congratulations, because now that's your viewpoint too. You've just been you, you that's just been added to you. Now you also are a racist. You also uh, have the same opinions as that instructor in the next town over. So every time that you are representing uh, the program, everything you say now becomes uh, the, the program has to take ownership of it. Yeah, it, 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 it
and be aware of them. So. Right. Yeah. Well, you you need to guard your reputation jealously, and you need to guard Appleseed's reputation the same way, because you become it. But there's another thing I'd like to bring up that came up in that post, if you don't mind, Scout. No, go right ahead. One of the things that uh, that I used to do when I was in the service, for lack of a better term, was raising other people's teenagers. <laughs> And because uh, <laughs> yep. that's what a first sergeant does, he raises other people's teenagers. Oh yeah, oh yeah, you see, and, it. You uh, see it all the time. You you can't you can't beat on people when they make a mistake. If somebody makes a, a mistake, you you don't sit there and beat on him and whip on him. You pick him up, you dust him off, you show him the right way to go, and you get on with living. You don't gain anything by knocking that other guy down. You gain by educating him and bringing him along to the way he needs to be. Now, we need to be supporting the, our people. Are you talking about the, uh, I know that there were some remarks made about, uh, uh, I guess, the person that that spoke to the reporter. Uh, mm -hmm. Well, uh, in my post after that, I believe I posted this, I, uh, I could be wrong. It could be sitting in my, uh, still sitting in my, waiting to be posted but uh, my response to that is this is if if you think that you are immune from get from being uh, made to look foolish or moronic by the press because it hasn't happened to you yet the only reason it hasn't happened to you yet is because it hasn't happened to you yet uh, every single person is uh, is under that same brush. I'm telling you, if you talk to a reporter and that reporter has on his agenda to make you look foolish or moronic, it's a done deal. It's going to happen. So don't think that uh, it cannot happen to you because that that is a uh, uh, is a pitfall right there. If you think that uh, you can't be made to look foolish then you're going to have a hard day of reckoning when it does come because they it can be done it can be because if you don't say something controversial at times uh let's see colonel you probably know what is the what was the old newspaper adage about uh about making uh, the story up oh <laughs> well there's several of them out there but uh you know you you don't want to you don't want to make up a story, and you don't want to give just enough ammunition that someone can take something and turn it into something totally different. So, uh, right. The uh, but a lot of reporters come with a preconceived notion; they're just going to keep hitting you with questions. And you're, after a while, like I said, with that pregnant pause and other things, you're going to start babbling to try and feel like you have to talk back to them. Uh, we need to stay on message, and all of us, you know, I, I can't tell you how many times I get zinged in the press. Uh, and by national media several times. Uh, but you, you have to pick yourself up, say, okay, learning experience. I know how to handle that one a little better next time. And, you know, the first time or two, you know, you want to go hide. Uh, you don't want to admit to yourself that, oh, boy, I just screwed up. Right. But, but they're learning experience. <laughs> and, and, again, the, the reason I was saying earlier, if, if you have a negative press experience, we need to know about it. Number one, so we can understand it and kind of help other people understand how to not get in that experience. 
and also to be ready to do, if you will, battle damage or, you know. Right. Uh, so we make sure our message doesn't stray that way again. Right, and I've certainly uh, I've been in the exact place you're talking about. I've opened the newspaper up, and I've read it, and I and I, I believe I even screamed out loud. I said, I, I didn't say that. <laughs> I, had a I didn't say that. <laughs> I had a couple of reporters in San Antonio when I was stationed down there that uh, if they came on the base where I was director of public affairs, I recorded our interviews on our side, too, because... Uh, a couple of them, <laughs> a couple of them would edit and it show show asking me or the or the general one question, and an answer for another one. As a matter of fact, uh, uh, one time it was so egregious that I went along with the commanding general down to the owner of that particular TV station and said, "We don't want to deal with this reporter again." And here's the original audio tape, and here's what you broadcast. What was his response? Uh, well, freedom of the press. I, that's that's fine, but we don't have to let him through the gate. That's right. And uh, after that, we get a little better coverage. <laughs> well, like I said, there, uh, uh, you know, you, you, I'm sure you've heard it. Uh, if you haven't experienced it, you've probably heard it from uh, reporters at times, at least, uh, you know, uh, at least joking about it, that if there's no story, then we'll make one up. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe because, because for them to get their piece in the paper... They need the story, and especially when you're dealing with uh, uh, young reporters, uh, be they TV, radio, primarily TV, uh, they, you know, start off in small markets. Uh, the it's usually minimum wage, if that, and they're trying to claw their way up to a higher market where they're going to get more pay and more attention in an anchor slot. So they're going to go for anything controversial. Well, this particular reporter that did that to me and my commanding general a couple times uh, did it to a, a, an executive with a business in San Antonio, too. And, gee, a couple weeks later, he was gone uh, because we all stood up and went and talked to the publisher, or in this case, the, the, the owner of the TV station. Um, but you got to be careful with that, too. You know, you need to make sure you're on solid ground if you're going to go do that. Um, but it's just an old habit I have. If I'm dealing with a reporter, especially one that I know is controversial, um, I'll either videotape or audio tape it, and I'll let them know I'm doing it. Right. Uh, right. That that would certainly uh, help to sw- persuade them to keep it honest. Uh, I'm sitting here with uh, Ashrin03. He actually came down. Uh, he's donating... Uh, some of his time to help me. We're preparing for a work weekend here at the Davila Range. <clears throat> and he just handed me uh, a sheet of paper with some information on it. And I'm going to relay this to you guys real quick. This is, uh, uh, this is an example of creative uh, journalism. It says a, uh, uh, a biker was passing by the lion exhibit at a zoo when a young girl fell into the pit at the front of the male lion. Without hesitating, the biker jumped over the railing, belted the lion in the nose, grabbed the girl, and handed her up to the people who had pulled her to safety. A lady came up to the biker after it was all over and said, I'm a reporter, and I want to tell you that was the bravest thing I've ever seen. The biker said, you know, I didn't even think about it. I just did it. By the way, said the reporter, 
what kind of a motorcycle do you ride? And he said, why, a Harley-Davidson, of course. The next day, the headlines in the newspaper read, Outlaw biker attacks African immigrant and steals his lunch. (laughs) So (laughs) I just wanted to relay that to you, a little bit of humor there. Yeah, that one that one's that story's made its way around the internet and uh <laughs> but, it, but it's there's it, it, a lot of truth in that parable, if you will. Um, how a something very positive can be twisted totally negative. And it depends on the editor, depends on the writer, uh depends on the market they're trying to and and the message they're trying to do with their editorial uh, opinion. So uh you need to be aware of that and uh you know, we have a good story. If we stay on message, uh, the majority of the time we're going to get some good coverage. Uh, the the other thing we haven't discussed is, you know, God forbid we have either really a, a really bad event, uh, issue an event or an injury uh, or police involvement, and I think it's covered in some of the uh, materials, but uh, you need to be really careful what you say in those kind of events and uh, need to let you know, senior Appleseed leadership know immediately so we can help with any uh, response. Right, and we'll be we'll be sending that information out with the. Uh, it's also included uh, in the press manual that we're getting ready to uh, to send out to you folks too. That's that's in there too. And I didn't want to. Uh, I'm glad you brought it up, but I didn't want to go into it uh, in a whole lot of detail right now because. Uh, because we want to make sure that we uh, that we have the that we do have all the correct details and stuff worked out for it. Uh, the uh, and, and that's that's about what I'm going to say on that for right now. So but but as we grow, we coming just, out. Yeah, as we grow, we just need to to be prepared for an event we hope never occurs. But uh, right, and I was talking to I was talking about the about that to. Uh, to Alonzo One this morning, and he was saying, you know, now you got to remember, Alonzo One is—he's uh, uh, one of the instructors here, and he—he uh, he has a, a whole wall full of paper, and he's—he's uh, he's a veteran. He was actually in the same Ranger Long Range Recon Patrol unit that I was in, and he—he's uh, uh, very, very skilled and very, uh, uh, very experienced. <clears throat> and uh, he said, you know. Sometimes when we're doing the uh, the uh, the guidelines for the safe rifle, uh, you know, the mag out, bolt back safety on, chamber flag in, rifle ground, and no one touching the rifle, he said he gets really aggravated because that just seems like, uh, you know, a uh, a common sense thing. You shouldn't have to think about it. You shouldn't have to tell people that. And, but he knows, too, the reason that we do it. But still, you know, it's a common sense thing, but you still have to do it. You still have to to tell folks that because safety is our prime overriding directive every time we have an event. I don't care what we're doing, what we're saying, what we're talking about. Uh, the directive that overrides every single thing we do is safety. Safety, safety, safety. And and we have a we have a line full of people we we don't know for the most part their experience level. Uh, you know, it's a lot different. I took a couple tactical uh, firearms courses last year, uh, and we went hotline from first thing in the morning and stayed hot. 
that's a whole different environment, though, because everyone there uh, had a lot of military or police experience. Right. They didn't just show up with a, with a car with a trunk full of rifles that they didn't know what they were. That's right. Yeah. And That's a whole different experience. But on, on the Appleseed line, you're right, safety is absolutely number one. That's one thing that, you know, when I go out and talk, I, I really, really push so folks know that when they come here, they're going to be safe. Right, because that, that is it. As the Appleseed instructor, you have an absolute commitment to ensuring the safety of the folks who are under your care. I mean, you have an absolute duty and commitment to them uh, that you are going to do your absolute best, your 110% uh, commitment to their safety. They're counting on you for that, and you better deliver it. And uh, so that's why we that's why we have those things in place, and that's why we have such a great safety record. We've had plenty of people come to events. <clears throat> And they have gone to the event, and at the end of it, they come up, and you know, these are experienced shooters. They said, you know, I've never seen a safer line than what you just ran. And uh, I've, I've had the same same experience. So. And I said, thank you. I said, that was the, that's the intention of it. You know, we pride ourselves on teaching folks who show up, uh, like you were talking about with those ladies. Well, you had, we had, uh, well, I've had uh, the youth pastor of a church. Show up. Now, on the way to the event, he stopped at uh, about a half dozen pawn shops, and he bought every rimfire that they had uh, for his group that he was bringing out—a a large group of girls and boys. And when they showed up, here were these rifles, and uh, they'd never fired them before. And uh, some of them had the sights taped on, etc. And uh, and those are the folks that you potentially are going to deal with at the Appleseed events, folks that. Uh, that you are going to have to say, you know, this is the end that the bullet comes out of, and that's where you start at. And because of that, we have to start everybody, you know, on the same page. Whenever I give this the safety briefing in the morning, I said, you know, the reason that I'm asking you to repeat this and the reason that I'm saying it over and over is not to be condescending to you. I'm doing it because repetition is a key to learning and because safety is our overriding prime directive and I want to make sure, and believe me, you want me to make sure that everybody here is safe. You want me to make sure that the person standing next to you uh, is following the safety rules. So we do have a, a wonderful record, and we certainly want to keep it that way. Something that was brought to me kind of uh, out of the blue one day at a shoot, right at the very beginning, that I just didn't think about because I asked people, have you ever fired a rifle before? And some have, some haven't. And if they haven't, we would have a, an instructor or myself go over and show them. But I had a lady who was a little embarrassed, and she says, well, I've shot before, but it was 50 years ago, and I've never shot this gun before. So now the question is, have you ever shot the rifle you're using today before? And if they haven't, we go out there and we show them. Make sure they know the controls, know the manual of arms for that rifle. Because if you don't take the trouble, at the very least, you're going to get poor results. <laughs> and we don't want poor results. And at the worst, you could have a tragedy. 
And we don't want that. So you need to ask people, have you ever used the rifle that you're shooting today? And if they haven't, you better get out there and take the time to show them. Yeah. yeah. They'll appreciate it. Put an instructor on them and, uh, and make sure the instructor is following, uh, following along with them and ensuring that they are handling uh, that rifle in a safe fashion. Now, I'm going to bring up just a couple of... Uh, a couple of points, and uh, I waited till the very end of the show with these because these are uh, uh, like apple seed nuclear bombs, and uh, I don't want to spend a lot of time on them, but I do want to cover it, and that is uh, what how, how we present ourselves to the public. And now I'm not just talking about now when we're talking; I'm talking about when they see us in photographs. Now, we've had this discussion over and over, and, and people, of course, are yelling about us rehashing it, et cetera, et cetera, or that we're becoming too politically correct, uh, on and on. <clears throat> but I don't see it in that way, and I'll state very quickly how I see it, and that is <clears throat> uh, we get, just like we are talking about a minute ago, we get folks coming to the program who have never shot before, who have never experienced uh, – any type of shooting, hunting, on and on, et cetera, et cetera, before. And, and this includes uh, uh, folks, uh, the elderly, uh, kids, uh, soccer moms, on and on. Folks that, uh, that don't have any background in shooting or anything like that. A lot of folks that may even be, uh, I've seen folks plenty of times before that were frightened uh, of the, of the rifles, who were who were actually very very apprehensive about attending an apple seed in the first place. Now, as we get more and more coverage, we're going to get more and more photographs of us out into the the public domain. And uh, a mosquito was flying by me. And what I want to talk about now is how we look. Uh, as Appleseed instructors. And I know this is a hot button for a lot of folks, and they're saying, I should be allowed to wear what I want. I should be able to do to look however I want when I'm out there. I should, if I want to wear camos, I should wear camos. If I want to wear some military gear, a pistol belt, LBE, or something, I should be allowed to do that. <clears throat> and in a perfect world, you should be allowed to do that. It shouldn't make a difference. But i got to ask you, and you got to answer me honestly, do we live in a perfect world? And the answer is going to be no, we don't. I'm telling you, we live in a world that is run right now by the media, by the politically correct crowd. It's run by them. Am I telling you that you've got to cower in your hole for them? No, I'm not. What I'm going to tell you is this, is that how the program is, perceived, be, is going to be perceived and how we are going to suffer from this is <clears throat> there are tons of folks out there who, if we can get them to come and listen to the message, we have them. The Appleseed message is an extremely powerful one. I've seen the Appleseed message uh, take the folks who were the, uh, the shelter survivalist. Uh, I've seen it pull them, uh, kicking and screaming, out of their shelters and get them on the line as instructors preaching the Appleseed message. I've seen it take the, the die-hard militia commanders who said that they were, going to, uh, uh, they were going to resist, they were going to use their rifle for deterrence, 
I've seen it get them out on the line as Appleseed instructors talking about the Appleseed message. And you know what? The Appleseed message is one of deterrence, but not the way you think. Deterrence uh, doesn't come from the barrel of a rifle. You can ask Sun Tzu about this. You want to know what he thought the most highly skilled, the most perfect practitioner of deterrence was? The person who can get their enemy to do what they want without ever touching the sword. That's the highest form of deterrence, the very highest form. It has taken those uh, militia leaders, those militia folks, and made them understand that there is another way to do this. They thought there was only one way. They thought they were going to stand at the entrance to their fort and resist to the bitter end. And now they understand they don't have to do that anymore. They can become a part of this program that's going to head that off at the pass. Hallelujah. Thank goodness that there was something else for them. I've seen it take folks who, uh, as I told you earlier, were dyed in the wool, uh, far-left folks, and made them understand that this program is not one uh, for white, right-wing, radical males, that it's a program for everyone. And I'm telling you right now, if you think we're going to be able to pull this off on our own with just our our group of folks and with just the the folks who already agree with what we're doing, then you're wrong. It's going to take every single person we can get our hands on. I'm not talking about a few here or there. I'm talking about millions of folks that we're going to have to get. And the majority of the folks, the way they're going to make their decisions is by listening to what is said about us in the media and by looking at the photographs of us. Now, I put this in my post uh, on the, the, the post thread earlier, and that is, you know, I've heard some folks saying that uh, that that they want to wear camo or that they, they feel they should be allowed to and that uh, if there was a veteran, a seasoned veteran on their line and they were never going to ask him to not wear camo, <clears throat> my answer to that is this, is that <clears throat> a seasoned veteran would tell you the correct use of camo is to make you less visible to your enemies. When I'm on the Appleseed firing line, I, I don't feel I need to blend in with the terrain. Matter of fact, I don't want to... I want to be easily discernible at a shoot where I'm trying teaching people to use firearms. I want to make sure they see me. Uh, when you're standing with a group of appleseed folks in a photograph, uh, you shouldn't be easy to pick out. It should, you shouldn't be different than the folks you're instructing, the regular American uh, folks that you're instructing. You should look just like them because you are just like them because it's going to sing photographs of you is going to be the determining factor in some folks' ideas on whether they should come or not. And what's more important to you? Is your own personal satisfaction more important to you, or is it getting one more person involved in the program? That's a question that you're going to have to ask yourself uh, when you're making these decisions. We're down to the end of the show, folks, the last 10 seconds. Colonel, uh, Sam D., uh, I want to thank you very, very much for what you've done, and I'll thank you in advance for what you're getting ready to do because we're going to need the help of both you guys in the coming months and years to make sure that we get this sorted out. So thank you both very much now and for later. Thank you. Thank you for having us. All right. Folks, uh, I'm sorry I could never get the chat to open so I could read what you were saying. Uh, 
I want to thank everybody uh, for listening to the show tonight. Good night, and uh, God bless all of you. Sam, Colonel, thank you very much. And thank you for what you do. All right. Take care. Good night. Good night. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. You know you Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial, LLC, member SIPC.